0: Hello and welcome to episode 174 of the Fuel Hotel Marketing Podcast. I'm your host, Stuart Butler, and I'm joined today with Pete DeMeo.
1: Hey everybody,
0: welcome back to yet another episode. And Melissa Kavanaugh. Howdy ho. And Bill Foriska. Welcome back, all you honorary fueligans. Hey, Philip, how's uh, baby Isla doing?
2: She's doing great. Yeah? How's baby yeah. mama doing? she good too? She's good. We're, we're tired, constantly tired, but all is well with the world. Baby's healthy.
0: So for those of you tuning in for the first time, Phil just recently became a parent for the first time, and he's dealing with the nightmare that is lack of sleep. But I will tell you this, Phil, it doesn't get any easier. My 12-year-old this week, actually just yesterday, decided to not follow the rules, we had told him that he was not allowed to jump on a trampoline that his friend just got, uh, and did it without us knowing, but the consequences were, calm as a bitch, and he broke his wrist when he fell off, so we spent yesterday in <gasps> wow. the emergency room getting his, his wrist fixed, so, so this is so the th- third broken he arm bumped, that he's had, do what now?
1: So because he jumped on a trampoline, you broke his wrist? <laughs> <It's> <laughs> consequences, man, it's, it's tough, tough
0: parenting. But I, I think when I, when I finally talked to him, I, he was bawling his eyes out, and I think he was more worried about the um the punishment that was going to come for him deliberately disobeying the rules um, than he was the actual broken arm. So that you have that to look forward to, Phil. You have that. Draining the
3: fear into him. That's good.
0: Yeah, I asked him what his punishment should be, and uh, he said, "Well, I should probably be grounded." And I said, "Well, how long do you think for?" He goes, "I don't know, a couple of weeks." And I go, "How about until you get the cost off your own?" And he didn't like that very, very much because it's like eight, eight to six to eight weeks, I think, typically is a cost. So,
2: wow, no video games either. That's a oh corner. well, that's
0: being yeah, being grounded in our house means you can't hang out with friends and you can't play video games basically. And so he's 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 taken his punishment like a champ. I think it was a real good um learning, you know, a teachable moment for him. I think he learned his lesson. And and now, of course, as a parent, I get to say I told you so for the next, you know, however long I want to. It's great.
3: 50 years, probably. <laughs> yeah,
0: probably so. <laughs> but yeah, I look forward to that, Phil. It's great. But you're not here to listen to my questionable parenting techniques. You're here to listen to hotel marketing tips and tricks and tangible tactics. And that's what you're going to get today. We're going back to basics. We're going to be doing 21 tactical to-dos that you can do today and that will help you navigate the recovery and hopefully put your property on the right track and that you know this isn't an exhaustive list it's just a, a list we came up with of things that we're encouraging our partners here at fuel to do and um hopefully this you know it's, it's either going to provide you with some new ideas or maybe it's going to reinforce some things that you know you should have been doing anyway so hopefully everyone will take a few good valuable tips out of this list we've broken it down into categories. So we've got website stuff, we've got content and SEO stuff, we've got some advertising, some data and communication, and a couple of miscellaneous. So we'll go through it fairly quickly. And of course, if you want to follow along with the notes, you can do so by going to fueltravel.com slash podcast, and you can click on episode 174 and follow right along. So before we jump into that topic, Pete, what's going yes. on in the newsaroos?
1: All right. So we got big news. Whoa, 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 whoa.
0: How many times? You, you <laughs> cannot skip the jingle. I mean, I'll be honest, I think at least 50% of our audience only tunes in for the jingle. Probably. So
1: Alright. With hotel marketing that cannot lose. Now it's time for newsaroos. You
0: sound like a
2: monk from The Wailing Wall. That is pretty impressive. That reminded me of the the J.G. Wentworth 877 Cash Now commercial.
1: It was a little bit of a fusion between J.G. Wentworth and monk music, yeah. (laughs) That's a
0: genre that really hasn't been explored to its full potential, I would say. Exactly.
1: I'm a hipster. (laughs) Yeah.
0: Yeah, you so, are. So, so do we have some news here? Yeah.
1: So, uh, no, we, we do have actual news, though. And it, it's, it's interesting. It's going to kind of lead into the discussion that we're going to have today. But it's on Travel Weekly. And the headline is Sandals and Beaches Resorts offer free COVID testing. And that's pretty much the, the gist of the article, that when you visit you know, any of the Sandals or any of the Beaches resorts, that one of the amenities, if you'll call it that, is you can get free COVID testing. So, uh, yeah.
0: That's pretty cool. I'm assuming it's the rapid test that they're doing, right? Because they're going to force you to stay (laughs) there for two nights so you can get the the long one. Yeah,
1: Yeah, it's it's actually a scam. That way you have to quarantine there for 14 days. (laughs) Uh, (laughs) So they just quadrupled their average length of occupancy. Yeah. No, I mean, I think it's one of those things where, you know, we kind of have to think about in terms of, and I hate to say it, the new normal is how do you alter and tailor your amenities to what guests are going to be interested in right now? And Mm -hmm. from a COVID test, you're talking about return flights to your home destination. That's going to be helpful. And when you get to the property, knowing that you're getting there with a clean bill of health, you could give a lot of reassurances to many of your guests, including the guests who actually don't take the COVID test, but knowing that other guests may have. Well, I think the
2: the Bahamas was doing this for a while now where I think when you get off the plane, you have to take a test and then you are locked into your room until until you get the results from the test back. Yeah, and this is such a tricky thing, right,
0: this virus, because it's still a little bit of uncertainty about incubation periods and things like that, so it's, you know, to me, is is this actually protecting people, or is this more of a publicity stunt slash marketing thing, you know, I I don't know, because I could easily have come into contact with the virus the day before I traveled, or even on my journey to, to the destination, get there, have a negative test, and then start exhibiting symptoms two days later
1: um well keep in mind with a a lot of amenities it's the thought of hey this is nice to have yeah and you know even if they don't use it i mean a lot of hotels have a sauna but how many people have actually ever gone to a sauna at a hotel
0: yeah well that's what i'm saying i think it's a more remarketing thing because like psychologically if i see that oh every guest that's going is getting tested then does it make me feel more comfortable going myself okay i know i'm not going to be around people riddled with the virus because they would have tested them when they got there. Um, exactly. It would be interesting well, to see if they test them frequently throughout the stay. If you're staying for two weeks, do you get multiple tests throughout the
3: two weeks? And the other thing is, first of all, this article is like 10 words, which is not that helpful. But, yeah, so what happens if they test positive while they're there?
0: Yeah, they panic. Are
3: they to stay in their room 24 hours a day?
1: Yeah, they would have to, right? Home? Which makes me think that they're relying on this as more of a, a marketing strategy than anything else. Yes, it's a great amenity, but you know, the moment you show up and you test positive, your vacation just got ruined.
2: No, they, they just set up a, a portion of the resort for COVID positive people. If you tested positive, here's <laughs> your pool and here's your beach. Yeah.
1: Don't think of it as a leper colony, but...
0: <laughs> wow. Yeah, I mean it could be a way to extend stay, right? They just tell everyone that they're they're positive and they have to stay for fourteen days, even if they only had a two night trip or something. With room service, because that's the only way they can get food. So, all right. Well, do you you guys want to jump into the into this meat of the topic now, Melissa? I've looked a- ahead. We have twenty one, and I definitely want you to do number seven on this list. So we're gonna kick off with you, with Hulk. number. So this is the website section, and we're going to do four or five, well, seven on the website. We'll do three or four on each of the other categories. So this is to-dos for 2021 um, for you to add to your list. that will make a tangible impact. And so we're going to kick off on on the website section with number 1111.
3: Do a monthly usability check. Go through your website and your booking engine experience on your mobile device and make a booking with a real credit card so that you can see what your consumers actually experience. And I might add from my own experience of making so many bookings in my career that you should also uh, do it with a bad credit card and see what kind of errors you get. Because let me tell you, some booking engine errors are Awful, and you have no idea why your booking didn't go through. So yeah, that, that.
0: the messaging. Yeah, maybe maybe there's a connectivity problem with your PMS. Maybe, you know, there's, there's some other problem. Um, we've seen it where clients that have some kind of uh, secure PCI-compliant vault for credit card processing in real time stops working because someone forgot to change a password, and no one knows it. They just see that online bookings stop coming in. There's no error message that they see. So that's why it's important for you to audit all the way through the process, including doing an actual reservation.
2: Yeah, and I mean, most phones, I know iPhones, that you can record the entire process as you're doing it, um, just so you can reference back uh, if you do run into issues. Uh may be worth it to, to do a little recording there and delete it after if everything went smooth.
3: And very important that Google, you know, those people at Google, they're going to begin mobile view indexing in 2021, which means if it's not on mobile, it's not getting indexed. So make sure that your phone looks like your whole website or anything important that you want Google to see is on your mobile experience.
1: Yeah, and I would even go beyond that and say moving forward, we're making resolutions right now. So go ahead and make a resolution that when you're viewing your site, always just assume that you're going to proof it on your mobile device. Make that your primary way of viewing the site because if you're anything like any of the co- the hotels that we see, well over half, could be even 75% of your traffic is mobile and mobile only. So if you're looking at it on your massive desktop, you do not have the same reality of what your site is as your consumers.
0: Yeah, I think now is the time to get into that habit if you haven't already. We've talked on the show before about what New York Times did several years ago where they were encouraging their their authors, the, the people publishing content, to make sure they were reviewing it as they published it on a mobile device. And people kept forgetting to do that because it's easy sitting at your desk to just pull it up the way you have on your, your web browser on your desktop or laptop they ended up going to the extreme of blocking their own website from their network. So the only way you could load it was via your mobile phone. So don't, don't feel like you have to go that far. Just be disciplined and and remember, be mindful that you have to check it with a mobile
3: phone. Very important. And, And yes, you can sort of shortcut your way through, you know, making your desktop browser into mobile, but please also do it actually on your phone because using your mouse on a smaller screen is not the same as using your fingers.
0: Yeah,
1: Mm -hmm.
0: absolutely. All right, number two. Who who wants to take number two?
1: All right, so number two is to do a coronavirus audit. And I think this is pretty important. You look at your site experience through COVID glasses. You know, what has changed? What amenities do you need to tweak on your site and in person? And what processes can you put in place so that when a guest visits the website, one, they know that you're taking precautions, but even beyond that, when they visit your actual property, that they're instilled with that sense of confidence that they're at a safe place, a sanitary place that they're going to be able to visit, le- uh, enjoy, and leave, and never get COVID in that process. And you know, honestly, I think you know, sandals and beaches is, is you know being proactive in that case, like we talked about in the Newsaroos.
0: Yeah, this 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 is one that I think you need to re- repeat regularly too, because. Consumer sentiment in, in just the, the situation related to coronavirus is constantly evolving. We'll touch on that again in, in a little while. But, you know, the lens through which you looked at your website when you added that content, it, it may be a different lens now. You know, where, where people's fears are might, might be different. The, the types of language you use, the types of resources you have and the priority they have on the website might need to change along with the, the changing sentiment. All right, number, number three,
2: three, 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 three. Identify and fix your content gaps. Um, so, easy way to do this is add a keyword search to your website. Um, yep. When people are searching for something specific on your site, you can view all of those searches that people made within your proprietary search bar. Um, and pretty easy way to find out, you know, what kind of content you need to create or if you already have. Some of this content, maybe you realize that you need to put it front and center so people don't have to search for it. Uh, but yeah, that little search bar is a great way to to fix your content gaps.
0: And this is one that I, I really don't understand why more people don't do this. They they think of search just from the perspective of it being a booking engine search, and not you know, there's nothing wrong with with having both a booking engine search widget in a book now button and a keyword search. And so. What you'll see is, especially different pages, start looking analyzing the data. When people type in keywords, they're going to type in different keywords depending on where they are in the funnel, what page they're on in your website. You can learn from that. Okay, well, if people are on the accommodations page or in this point in the booking engine and they search for something, that means that there's a barrier. There's a question they have that they need to be resolved before they can move on to the next phase of the funnel. And it's really easy to add this type of technology today Google offers products that are free up to a certain volume. There are others out there as well. Um, WordPress has some just built in that you don't even need to go external for. So just a simple keyword search that's in a prominent but, but non-confusing position on your website can yield a massive, massive insights. Everyone should do this. I don't, it's a no-brainer.
1: And if you think about it in terms of you don't get a lot of searches on those search bars, but the people who do are the ones who had such a issue that they had to go to the box to find it. And how many customers are having that same confusion where they have to search for your cancellation policy or your amenities that just give up? You know, there's so many people that's really not quantifiable of went to your website, looked for something, couldn't find it, and left. That search box will give you that insights.
0: Yeah, exactly. All right, number four.
3: PROVIDE ACCESSIBILITY INFORMATION. YOU NEED ABSOLUTELY TO ADD AN ACCESSIBILITY PAGE TO YOUR SITE THAT LISTS ALL OF THE ACCESSIBILITY FEATURES YOUR PROPERTY HAS TO OFFER. THIS IS SO IMPORTANT FOR SO MANY REASONS, uh, NOT TO BE EXCLUDED FROM BEING SUED, SO KEEP THAT IN MIND. IT'S GOOD FOR THE CONSUMER, AND IT'S GOOD FOR YOUR WALLET. YOU GOTTA HAVE IT.
1: WELL, I WOULD SAY JUST, even if you don't care about your customer which you should <laughs> I hope so. we've, we've had this issue in the past where you know a, a client had a suit placed against them because their website was fine, but they did not indicate which accessibility features they had on their property specifically. So just think about that Just spend the time to create a basic accessibility page that will help your guest but, Honestly, there's nothing wrong with having a little bit of armor against the attorneys too.
0: Yeah. I mean, I, and I think, you know, we 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 say it sort of in jest like you should care about your um your guests, but that I mean that's really to me yes, you want to prevent yourself from getting sued, but there's a massive market out there of folks that have specific special needs that that need to understand what is what is the situation, what what are the amenities within the room that can help me in my disability. And so understanding and catering to that not only is the right thing to do, but it also can make you a lot more money. And so it it's it, from a business perspective, it makes a lot of sense as yeah. well. And following right on from that one is number five,
1: five, 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 continue to monitor the site for accessibility issues. So there's a lot of great tools wave which is just an online tool, is a, a fantastic tool. But there's also paid systems like Power Mapper's accessibility tool, which is fantastic for checking your site to make sure that you're WCAG 2.1 AAA compliant. No, double
0: a. Yeah, AA. Yeah, AA. Sorry, AA compliant. Yeah,
1: uh, it, it, if, if you're looking to uh, have some nice, relaxing listening, you can check out our, our podcast on WCAG 2.0. Which is more two point one, but the the point is, is is make sure that your site is inclusive of everybody. You know, do those scans to make sure somebody with a screen reader or somebody with a high contrast display is able to see, digest, and most importantly for all of us, convert through your website regardless of their ability or disability.
0: Yeah, and if you want to take this to the next level, you know, I think tools like WAVE do a good job at the surface level, and they're, they're probably enough to get you to where you can uh, avoid a lawsuit. You know, it's, it's it's puts you in a defensible position because you can go to the government, you know, who hasn't really ruled on this, and, and the DOJ hasn't really said this is what it means for a website to be ADA compliant. There's some rulings that kind of, contradict each other. But at the end of the day, it's, it's you're, you're trying to mitigate your risk with a lawsuit. And so if you show that you're making a concerted effort here, that's going to prevent um, frivolous lawsuits. The other, the other thing to keep in mind, though, is, again, it comes back to audience. If there are people with disabilities that use a screen reader, they use assistive technology, like they, maybe they use a keyboard instead of a mouse, right? If you, if you don't allow your hotel to be, get booked through those technologies, Again, you're missing out on a massive, massive audience. And the the icing or the cherry on the top of this is as well. If you do this right, a lot of the work you put into making your website accessible can be tax deductible. And so maybe you want to talk to a professional organization that works on this type of t- um, thing every day. We we partner with a company called Inclusive Web. We'll link to them in the show notes. But they can do actual manual audits of your content. They can have people with real disabilities and real assistive technology actually go through the site and, and look at it from from the perspective of someone with those disabilities and give you really clear instructions on the things you need to do to fix it. And then they can do that on an ongoing basis as well. But, again, it comes down to it's good business sense. It's the right thing to do. And it will stop the lawsuits as well and open up new audiences. Okay.
1: Well, well, Stuart, I'll say that say this as well. What you said was key, they'll do it on an ongoing basis. Anytime you do an accessibility audit, it's at a certain t- point in time. So if I ran one today, it would be on January 15th, 2021. 2020, uh, the next day, something could happen to my website that would bring it out of AA compliance with WCAG. So think about that, it's not a, I did it once, you know, back in you know, 2018, I don't have to do it again. This is an ongoing thing, and you want to kind of make this part of your annual budget for sure. If not annually, quarterly would even be better. Semi annually, you choose kind of what you're comfortable with, but plan on doing it ongoingly. If ongoingly was a word,
0: <laughs> it is, yeah. <laughs> All right, number 666.
2: Evaluate your booking engine options. So no matter how good your website is, uh, poor booking experience will definitely hurt your conversions. Um, A few questions you should ask yourself while evaluating your current booking engine is, is that booking engine within the same domain as your website? Does it look like the rest of your website? Is it tracking everything that you want it to track? Uh, Right now, I mean, this is, this is the time to evaluate this. And if you are answering no to the questions that I just put forward there, it's it's really time to, to reevaluate and probably choose a new booking engine. Um, we did an entire episode where if you want to know if your booking engine sucks, <clears throat> you should probably listen to this episode. It was episode 131. Um, but go back and check that out. And, yeah, if your booking engine is, is not where if it's not if it's not where you want it to be give us a call again i don't want to use the term it's already been used once we use it
0: way too much but now more than ever we've got to capture as many guests as we can right there's this limited demand we talked before in other episodes about the need to be a hunter not a gatherer the worst thing you can do is spend the limited money you have driving traffic to your website only to lose them to a bad booking engine experience and it happens way way too much so one of, one of the questions that we often get when we talk to new new folks that come and, and ask for our help is, what should my booking engine conversion rate be? What should my overall website to booking engine conversion rate be? It doesn't matter, right? Because everyone's in a different situation. It doesn't matter what what it, it should be. It, it matters that it can be better. It can always be better. You can always improve it from where it is. And if your booking engine is doing any of the things that, that Phil mentioned, like opening in a new window or looking different than your website... You definitely know it can be better, and, and the folks here at Fuel can really help you take your bookings to the next level with our amazing, great booking engine technology that we have.
2: And, and look, if people are uncomfortable booking on your site because of a poor booking experience, they're going to go book on OTAs, and you're going to you know have to pay the commission. You're going to lose that guest data.
3: Uh, or you may not be a guest at all. Yeah.
2: Yeah, you may not get the guess at all. Good point, because you're going to send them to an OTA where they may find a a different rate or uh, a different place to
1: stay. And I would say if you're listening to this and your objection is, well, that sounds all great, but it's a lot of money to change booking engines. It's a lot of money to change PMSs to integrate with the proper booking engine. Stop thinking that way and think about how much money you're losing on a day to day basis we i literally just had a call with you know a group who was all excited because they got a new booking engine and they were talking about how they can use it to drive direct ppc revenue to the booking engine because they can create special packages pages and then i had to break the news to them that well it's actually on a different domain so you're going to have all kinds of additional issues driving traffic to your directly to into your booking engine and yeah. It yeah. makes so much sense as like right now in 2021, you need to say, how much is this costing me versus how much is this going to cost me to do? Yep.
0: Yeah. And it's not that expensive. I mean, That's we're not it. talking about thousands and thousands oh. of dollars. You know, most booking engines, including our our own is a, a few hundred bucks a month. You know, it's, it's not like it's going to break the bank and it more than pays for itself within the first month in most cases, just by increasing conversion yeah. rate, just a titch.
1: Yeah. And Stuart, you've already said a curse word on this podcast. So I'll say this it is a pain in the ass to completely switch your system over to a different PMS or to a different booking engine, but it's absolutely worth it to go through that process because you will make more money every single day you're on an improved system. Yep.
0: All right. I think we finished that one. Number 7777. Seven, seconds. Seven, seconds. seven seven, 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 seven,
3: seven. seven. Check that your analytics is working properly. Please, please do this. Audit your analytics tracking both on your website and on all ongoing campaigns. Is your entire website, including the booking engine, tagged correctly and passing correct attribution into your analytics system? Because if it's not, what is the point of a having an analytic system and B doing any marketing that you have no idea how much it's making you? Yeah. And on top of that, are all your forms being tracked correctly? if you have forms on your website such as quote forms, meeting forms, contact forms, oh, email signups, you might want to be tracking those. And, Offsite is all of your paid marketing tagged in a way that is, one, tagged, and be easily identifiable and segmentable in your analytics system. <laughs> Things like, for example, people might forget when I say ongoing, you might have some old links out there from you know campaigns you don't really touch, like your TripAdvisor business listing, for example, it's been around since the beginning of time and maybe you've never actually tagged it. So audit all your outstanding paid marketing links and make sure that they
0: are tagged. Yeah, There's another aspect to this too that, that I think you should audit when you're looking through this. You know, A lot of people have gotten into the habit of throwing on different tools and widgets from third parties onto their site as well. And we've come across situations where those third parties aren't always above board in terms of how they record their value. In some cases, we've literally seen other agencies or other technologies that literally will overwrite campaign tracking to their favor. They will claim credit for bookings that they did not generate and remove credit from the original source. So you've got to really make sure you're looking at this objectively and don't let the fox guard the hen house. If you need help with this kind of stuff yeah. and you need a third-party independent view of this to really look at it objectively, re- just reach out to us at, Fuel, info at fueltravel.com Our analytics team loves doing these kind of forensic audits of analytics and seeing where, where any of the problems lie because people will steal your mm. attribution if you're not careful. Melissa had a great um, uh, image cartoon that she shared with the team this week, which is one of my favorites I've ever seen where it was... a uh, um, It was someone saying that we were moving our attribution graphs from a pie chart to a bar graph because uh, pie graphs only have 100%. And if you add up all of our attribution, it goes above 100%. So this is a real problem across the industry. Don't fall foul to third parties claiming value in their product that doesn't exist.
1: Amen. That's a shot across the bow at someone who will remain well, unnamed. Several, I
0: guess several, right? Not just one.
2: <laughs> well, we can we yeah. can
0: call them we can we can call them thieves. Yeah, <laughs> attribution theft is real, and uh, yeah, I, th- I think I think I think they they'll get what they deserve in the long term. Just make sure you you're looking at things objectively, and your analytics is is the best way to do that.
1: Yep. Well, that's seven things that I think everyone needs to do for their yeah. website. Do you guys want to jump over to uh, what they can do from a content in SEO perspective? Let's do it. All right. So number, number Barry, eight, 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 eight,
0: eight or eight. number
1: 2.1111. I'm not We're sure what you want 8, to do. Just
0: 21 things. <laughs> All right.
1: All right. So speed up your site. Google's rolling out the page experience as a ranking factor in, in May. And we've talked about this a lot where – Mobile is important. Speed is important. But you have to get your site up to speed because you will absolutely, starting in May, not only be you know, considered less relevant, but you will actually start losing rankings to your competitors who have faster sites. So I, I would say listen to episode 160, which was Google's latest ranking signal, marks a new age in SEO. Listen to that and also just think about Every day, how can my site be as fast as possible? And I know that's not necessarily a thing that, you know, if, if you're in operations or you're in marketing, maybe on top of your mind, but, you know, charge your technological team with it and charge your SEO people, your agencies, with getting your site as fast as possible.
2: And don't don't wait on this either. This is something that if you say, know," oh, I'll put this off to later in 2021, this is going to roll out in May. And... You want to be as fast as you possibly can before May, because you're gonna start losing rankings, losing revenue before you can catch back
1: up by speeding up your site. Yeah, and it's not your speed on the best of days, it's your speed on your average days. You know, so if if you're talking to customers and, and your site's taking a lot of load and you kind of stall, that's a problem. You wanna make sure that that site pops up so fast that it's it's instantaneous.
0: All right, number nine 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 nine
2: nine nine nine. So you want to revisit your stale page titles and meta descriptions, and I know this because I've I see this every day. There are page titles that have been the same page titles for years and years and years and years and years. And years same with meta descriptions that no one has tested, no one has updated. Um, so what you want to do is is find the keywords that. A given page is ranking for. Uh, look at the SERP competition and see how you can make your page title stand out. How do you make it more enticing for users to click? Um, updating your page titles it can help you increase your click through rate, maybe even your rank. Uh, consider adding, you know, maybe even COVID related terms. We've seen great success with adding numbers like the year twenty twenty one or. Uh, for instance, what we're going to do with this podcast that'll be, you know, twenty-one reasons. Like people's eyes get drawn to numbers and page titles. It's proven itself time and time again. There's just these little little things you can do that that can spruce up your page title and and really start increasing your click-through rates to pages throughout your site. One of the things that people
0: make mistake of is they focus on title as is just a keyword thing, right? I'm going to put the keywords in that I want to rank for. They don't think about it as it's actually the thing often that the person, the guest, potential consumer is gonna see on the search engine results page. If you think about the the results that they see, they're gonna see a list of uh, nondescript websites that they have to select before. And ranking is obviously a part of that, but also the content of the title and the description is what they see. And it's it's an opportunity for you to, like you said, Phil, stand out and sell your property. What you know, maybe you can put in something about you're deep cleaning your rooms right now or look at what TripAdvisor does with their title tags where every year they'll do new reviews 2021 or or things like that. I think the other OTAs do similar things. So be creative. Make sure this isn't something that you only look at once every two or three years. It should be something that you're thinking about. What is my value proposition? How is it changing? What is my differentiator?
2: And how can I incorporate that into my titles and my meta descriptions on an ongoing basis? And pro tip, we take when we do page title testing, we take chunks of pages. So you may want to take like all of your room's pages and add something or remove something and then view the results. Did it improve my click-through rate? Did it view, improve my traffic? Did it improve my rankings? And then if not, you revert back to the old one, um, see your stats level out again, and then test something new again. So you can you can take chunks of your pages and, and do it to do it to those, um, and then you can get some statistically significant results. All right, number 10, 10, 10, 10, 10, 10, 10, 10, 10. 10,
3: 10. Audit your old content. Do you have a bunch of old blog posts that you haven't updated in a while? We bet you do. We know lots of clients that have this, that you know, you've know you got some evergreen content, but you haven't touched it in a really long time. Now's the time that will cost you literally $0 to spruce up your old content. So that Google will say, hey, there's some new content here and maybe you'll receive some new traffic. And double bonus, you can republish them and share them on social media. And keep your social groups, you know, social people.
0: And think about events, especially over the last twelve months, right? This is this is an opportunity. If you if you had events that are annual things in your area that you had to maybe you hadn't changed because they were cancelled in twenty twenty, and so the content you have is only twenty nineteen content. Now's the time to start thinking about oh, well, are they going to be back in twenty two to one? update the content get it to be re-recognized by the search engines and you might get a leg up over the competition because you're going to be ranking
2: quicker than they are and and, and a lot of a lot of hotel websites scrambled to change their event related content in 2020 to reflect hey this event is cancelled well guess what in 2021 it might not be so scramble again and get your new new content in there um updated dates updated prices all, all of that stuff that the the reader needs to see
0: and also think about other types of content. The reason that people are traveling to your area may have shifted. The types of things they're doing when they come to your area may have changed as a result of coronavirus. Make sure make sure you're talking about things like you know social distancing and mask requirements and restaurant openings and the things that are going on right now because that that's the information that's going to be valuable to a guest and help them make a decision to stay in your destination and to stay with you. All right, yep. number. Eleven, eleven, unleaven- eleven, eleven. Eleven.
1: Eleven. 11. So while you're doing all that stuff with your old content, look at where you can add more internal links. So one of the things that's, you know, my peeve or Melissa she would say burns your buttons is when you get to a page that's a dead end or, and you just don't have that, that conversion path isn't clear, you know, so look at your, you know, your old blog content, your old articles, or just pages in general and say, where can I add existing where can I add links to other content on my website? Or where can I add places where I'm gonna further that person's journey from a shopper and move them into the booking process?
2: Good point, Pete. I think I think improving internal linking, it's you know, it's a it's a great SEO strategy. And don't add links, just as add links, add links that add value. Um, and, and create relationships between uh, your, your topic clusters of content on your website. But yeah, adding adding new internal links is, is a great way to get eyeballs to, to old content and create relationships from old content to new content.
1: And if you follow what we said in number one, which is do a, a monthly usability check, as you go through your website and you realize, hey, wait a minute, after reading this article, I want to book a stay. Make sure those links are in there because if you look at your site from a customer, you're going to see what that conversion path should be and you should make it very easy to follow those breadcrumbs to where it needs to go.
0: Yeah, I think that's a great point. We did an episode a long time ago about not not driving people to dead ends. You always wanna think about when you're reading an article or any content on the site, well, what next? What are the choices I give to the guest. If the choice is I, I go back to Google or close the browser, if that's one of their options, you're doing it wrong. You need to give them a path forward always. In, in you know, And there's multiple conversion funnels. Some is you might want to get them to your social channels. You might want to get an email address or you might want to get them to book. So try multiple, but every single page should be leading someone somewhere else that maybe furthers their their knowledge or their
2: desire to stay with you.
0: All right, number 12. 12,
3: 12,
2: 12, 12, 12, 12, 12, 12, 12. So <laughs> encourage shares of your new content. When you create new content, make sure you're thinking about shareability and linkability. Don't create content just to create content for freshness purposes alone. Create usable stuff, uh, pe- stuff that people want to consume. And when we talked to Tim Peter a few months ago, we, we put out this idea that content should be snackable shareable sharp Um, make sure people want to consume it and want to share it with other people to consume Um, so when you think about it from you know that mobile shareable usability perspective also think about it from linkability get that seo value back to your content Um, it should be useful enough that other sites like your local dmos want to share it to their audience they want to link to it from their website so keep that in mind when you're, when you're creating your new content on your website.
0: And then make it easy for people to share. Maybe you know, add a, some kind of share widget to those pages and make sure it's prominent. Think, think about not just is it valuable and people want to remark on it um, or share it, but also the mechanism of sharing. Are you making it easy for them as well? Number Ooh,
3: 13. We're 13, moving 13,
0: sections.
1: 13, 13. Oh, yeah, we are. Mm-hmm. Sorry.
0: My bad. Do you want to introduce this section? Melissa. 3.11111. Stop. <laughs> oh,
1: I'm sorry. So, this is data and communication. This,
0: this is, we're going to t- start talking about, you know, your your CRM and, and things like that in this section. So, this is number 13, Pete. Get it straight. 13 13, 13,
3: 13, 13, 13. All right. Organize your data collection. This is so important. Now, more than ever, it's so important we're losing the ability to use third-party cookies, your first-party data is the key to your success. Everything that you know about your guests needs to be accessible and organized, not just email address, but you want to know how often they've booked, when did they stay, who were they with, etc. All those things should be accessible so that you can use that information to either tailor an email or a text message or any kind of remarketing campaign to the right people at the right time to get them back to your property or to the property in the first place.
0: And this is one that we could do a whole episode on. It could could get very complicated, but you should have already audited your data collection uh, and utilization for GDPR and other data privacy reasons, but if you haven't, it is a good time to really start doing this. One of the best exercises you can go for in a good to-do item is just start mapping it out on paper. Start writing down a list of where am I collecting data, what data am I collecting, where is it getting stored, and what am, how am I using it? And, and really start moving towards how do I get to a single golden record of the guests and don't get bogged down yet with where does that live because in, for different people it lives in different areas some it's the PMS some it's a CRM some it's, it's some kind of self-created spreadsheety thing but just just make sure that it, it's easy to manipulate it's easy to collect data to and, and as you move forward you can add new data capture to it uh, most of our clients use their crm as the golden record we have a crm product an ai powered crm that does a really good job of that but just be this is the year to make sure you get your data normalized you're collecting it all in one place and uh you know
2: what to use and how to use it Stuart, you said we could do a whole episode on this guess what we did we- <laughs> it was episode 165
0: so yeah, if you want to right. hear
2: more about organizing your data collection, go back, listen to episode 165 How to Prepare for a Cookie Less World. All
0: righty. Moving on, number 14. 14,
3: 14, 14, 14, 14,
2: 14, 14, 14 this is getting harder to say.
3: Yeah. <sighs> Who's up? Me?
1: Pete. Pete. Oh, is it me? I'm sorry. I thought it was Melissa. Survey your database. So asking your guest what they want is. All about being a good hotelier. So do that. You know, survey your guests. Ask them what they feel, when they feel comfortable traveling, what's preventing them from booking, and what they want to hear about. And, and use that data to change everything we've already talked about. It, it, it's so important because great research is very expensive, and for most hoteliers, you've already sunk the cost into creating that database. So ask them what they want and just deliver literally what your guests are asking for. You know, one thing I think will be very helpful is, you know, look at our own sentiment studies and we've linked to these in the, the show notes for question ideas, but just find out what people want and then work to address all of those concerns. And and
0: maybe you're sending different questions to different segments. You know, if someone has already stayed with you since March, then Maybe you're asking different questions about the experience itself versus someone that hasn't traveled to you, but you know historically have traveled to you every year. Try to find out why they're not traveling and what you could do to maybe mitigate their risk and encourage them to travel. The more you talk to your guests, the more you're going to learn, the, the more you're going to be able to adjust, and the more you're going to be able to appeal to future guests as well. So this is not just electronic surveys, but also in pro- on property. Question, you know, Ask them questions when they're checking in and make sure that data is getting communicated to the team as well.
1: And be receptive to the answers. You know, a, a lot of times a property is not going to expect the responses that they get. But those responses that you get are all a symptom or re, uh, a reflection of the marketing you created, the environment that you created, and kind of who the customer thinks that your brand is. And you want to make sure that you live up to that. So if someone thinks something should be provided that's not – You want to know about that and you want to either tweak your offering or you want to tweak how you're promoting what you do offer
0: all righty number 15
2: 15 15 15 15 use social proof to encourage bookings so record your conversations with the guests that are currently coming in ask them why they're traveling ask them how safe they feel um, and use the footage on your site and your social media channels to show non travelers that it can be safe. You're 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 showing people who may be interested in traveling that yeah, it's safe to travel now. So this type of social proof is gonna be incredibly useful, especially, you know, coming into twenty twenty
0: one. So if you listened to last week's episode, we, we were very clear about this. There's about fifty three percent of in North America at least of people indicate they have traveled since March. And those that have traveled, over 70% have traveled more than once. So we've got a bucket of people that are travelers right now and a bucket of people, 47% of people that are not traveling for, for a variety of reasons. So our job right now as hoteliers, as we look towards recovery, as the vaccine rolls out, as we prepared for responsible and safe travel is to encourage the the non-travelers to become to move over to the traveler bucket. One of the best ways to do that is through the, the psychological hat of social proof, which is when you when people see someone else has done something before them, they're more likely to do it. It's acceptable. There's less stigma. They feel like they 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 can do it. They have permission to travel. So leveraging the people that are traveling, turning those into your secret sales force, getting them to be the pioneers that show other people that it's okay. That's the secret. So it could be in the form of videos, like Phil said, where you just literally pull out your cell phone in the lobby and talk to people and use the footage selectively. Or it could be, if you want a pro tip, go and reach out to our friends over at Flip.to. They have an amazing user-generated content advocacy platform where guests will submit their photos of their stay and then they turn that into social propagation by encouraging those people to share that information with their their friends and family what better way to encourage new travelers than to tell them that their friends and their family are traveling already to your property so flip.to is is the place to go and tell them your friends at fuel sent you but th- it's a great product and it just it will help you automate this this concept of social proof and we've
2: talked about this in the past about you know st- soliciting reviews how do you get people to leave you reviews how do you get the right people to leave you reviews you can take the those same type of tactics and flip that over to create this type of social proof and 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 maybe it's not just on a review site like like TripAdvisor uh, but you can flip that over to uh, Facebook or Instagram or you know wherever wherever you want people to see their you know their friends having a good time at your property
0: All right, let's move on. Number 16. 16, 16,
3: 16, This is, I think, my favorite one out of the 21. Check your touch points. Review your confirmation and pre-arrival emails. So here's the thing about these automated systems that we have. They're great because they're automated, but also they're terrible because they're automated and people set them up and then just forget about them and now more than ever, is not the time to forget about them because things are changing all the time and you need to be updating that information with what is going on right now, especially you know, as restaurant requirements are changing and attractions are changing, all that stuff needs to be updated in What is being communicated to your guests
0: and maybe you're in a situation where you don't have access as the marketer you don't have access to that content. You know, I've seen a lot of places where the PMS is handling that and the marketing team don't have access to, to change it or. Even if they did have access, there's not the capabilities because the PMS just kind of sets it up as a static thing. Right now, you need real-time access to be able to change the communications that you're sending out. And that goes from the welcome emails that you're sending when someone signs up to your email to, to like Melissa said, the confirmations and pre-arrivals and post-stay messages. You should be right now working on making sure you have access to change that. If it's If it's currently being sent by your PMS... You need to go to whoever's in charge of that and have a conversation about why it's important that we move that, migrate that away from the PMS and put it into a CRM platform like <clears throat> the Fuels CRM or anyone's CRM that you can now make changes in real time or even better yet that automatically updates in real time, pulls content from your website and, and does that so you don't have to mess with it. But this is something that always gets overlooked and it's such, it's such an easy thing to do once you get it set up right. Next
3: right. section.
0: We're on to another section, the penultimate section. We're on to advertising right now. In a couple on here, and then we'll jump into miscellaneous, and then we're done. So hang on in there. And I do want to tease you all now so you stick around. We have a raccoon news update at the end of the show. If you stuck around to the end of uh, two episodes ago, Pete get, or Phil gave a nice uh, little story about a raccoon that threw a tuna can at him. And now I I have more raccoon news. Seeing as Pete's dropping the ball, no bee news these days. We're gonna to have to switch animals. We're going to the mammals, and we're going raccoon news later on in this episode. So stay tuned That's for right.
1: that. But before that, we have section four point one 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 one. Pete,
0: it's number seventeen seventeen seventeen. <laughs> all right, 17, 17, advertising.
1: 17. Make sure you're not wasting budget on unnecessary keywords. And I think one thing that we all need to take away from the pandemic and basically all of 2020 was make sure you're not wasting budget anywhere and that includes on unnecessary keywords so i would suggest really scheduling a monthly review of all your search terms reviewing your reports in google ads and setting negative keywording anything that is wasting money because every dollar that you're waste the waste is money that you cannot be spending on actually driving true demand for your property.
0: Yeah, this should have been a practice, the best practice prior to, to coronavirus. But like you said, it's it's imperative that you're doing it now for sure. All right, number 18. 18, 18, 18, 18, 18.
2: 18. 18, 18. All right number 18 sorry <laughs> uh, update your audience
1: you're confused because you're thinking 4.2222 2, 2, uh, no, I, was, I was i was on mute i was talking there and <laughs> now i realize no, no one
0: has me. ever done that before <laughs> we'll mute on. welcome to the
2: 2020 2021 mute again all right so number 18 update your audiences um we recommend adjusting your targeting focus on drive markets uh, and or markets that are able to visit based on current travel restrictions in your area like we know you know california hotels right now are only open to california residents so that type of leisure travel so you know defining your audience based on a geographic area uh is extremely important um this is also going to be helpful because we know many of you are working on a limited budget right now. Again, you're, you're still trying to keep the lights on. It's not like we're out of the woods yet with this whole thing. So if you have a lim- limited marketing budget to spend, uh, make sure you're spending it in the right spots. Uh, we know based on our, our studies that people are really only going to travel within a, a few hours of their home, typically, typically drive markets. Uh, so Focus on those drive markets. And if you need uh, some help on targeting specifically drive markets, we have a blog post. Uh, it's a how-to guide for targeting drive markets. So go ahead and view that and, and update your audience targeting. And we'll we'll link to that in the show notes as well.
0: All righty. We're on to the, the next section. What number is this, Pete? Nineteen. 19, 19, 19, 19, no, 19. Not if you're Pete, it's not. It's 5.1. <laughs> but yeah, it's 5, 19, one, 19, one, 19, one
3: 19, one. 19, 19, 19, Number 19, be prepared to be agile with your rates and offerings. This kind of goes back to our drive market thing that we just talked about. Got to keep a close eye on your rates. We know guests are waiting to book, and those windows are getting smaller and smaller. And I will say that our clients that are doing well year over year, those Growth in bookings is zero to three days out from arrival. So you've got to be on top of those rates. And hopefully, your rate management team is in contact with the marketing team. So everybody's delivering the same message. And it's just got to be on that. So important right now.
0: Yeah. And if this was something that you were doing weekly before you're adjusting rates, or maybe you got some kind of real time yielding, but certainly not manually paying attention in real time the models that we have especially if you're you're relying on an automated platform the the models that exist just aren't ready for the changes we're going to see this year we, we saw it in certain markets like panama city and Myrtle beach last year when restrictions lifted and there was a this like tidal wave of demand that we've never seen before where hotels went from occupancy to 100% occupied within 24 hours for the full weekend you know it was a Thursday night and they were sitting at 5% or 10% and then by by midday Friday the whole weekend was booked and so we're going to see patterns and behaviors that we've never seen before in this industry and they're not going to be that predictable some of it's going to be on a whim some of it's going to be based on how the vaccine rolls out some of it's just going to be unexplainable you have to be looking at demand in real time and adjusting rates in real time. Otherwise, you run the risk of leaving a whole lot of money on the table, and you know paying attention to that so you can staff appropriately for for the demand that comes to. One of the th- one of the fears that a lot of our clients are having in certain markets this year, obviously, this isn't everyone, but some some are really worried about how do they prepare for for the demand that's going to exist at certain times because they just don't have the the money to pay the staff or they don't have access to hire the staff. So there's going to be a lot of problems, but agility is going to be the way that you navigate it and being real time rate updates is going to be key.
1: And I I would say, don't leave this to just automation. I ran into an issue earlier. uh, It was actually last week where a property was, I guess by the government limited to 50% of available inventory. Well, their yield management system says, oh, we only have 25% occupancy. I'm going to adjust my rate way down to account for that. The yield system did not know that 50% was now the new 100%. So really think about that. And I think with anything we have on this whole list, take responsibility for it and say, my job is to drive 100% occupancy that I can actually have. And whatever means I need to do that, I will do so. But don't just assume that your rates are where they need to be if you have an automated system, because they may actually not be.
0: For sure. All right, let's move on. Number 2020. 2020. 20, 2020. 20. 20,
1: 20, 20, 20. All right. Uh, that's me, right? Yes. Yep. Allocate time to build partnerships. So this one's pretty important. So it, what we like to do is, is is create new partnerships with local businesses and leverage old partnerships. In new ways, you know, so how can you use the assets that you have available to you to to drive your business? It's really important, Melissa, to use the term now more than ever to create that partnership with your local area, restaurants, attractions, whatever it might be to to drive inventory.
0: And and you have to allocate time. That's why that's the to do item. Right. Without the effort, you don't get the output. But there's all kinds of things you can do from pack, rolling up packages and special offers to sharing audiences. You know, maybe they can promote you to their audience. You can promote them to, to and you can cross link as well as another great opportunity. So just spending the time getting to talk to people in your local community or, or vendors or whoever your partners are and seeing if there are ways to collaborate together to, to help each other survive and thrive beyond this pandemic. And we're on to the final one number 21
2: 21 21 21, 21, 21. 21. <laughs> keep educating yourself and your team so keep an eye on the broader market news trends today's tellers are going to ha- going to be need to need to be more nimble uh, we kind of talked about that a little earlier about being agile with your rates Well, you need to be agile with everything but you know be quick to adapt capitalize on these new fast moving trends the world will change um, can change in an instant. For instance, your parlor strategy is now out the window as it's been <laughs> shut down by uh, everybody and their mother. I think Amazon shut them off. Apple took them out of the app store. It's Google you know, did things too, like yeah. that. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. It's so so. The world will change quickly. We've seen it happen this year more more than ever. Um, I think the now more than ever bingo card's been full for a while, but yes. anyway, <laughs> um, yeah, the, things things can happen quickly. Uh, you need to be able to adapt, but make sure you're continuing to stay on top of these trends, continue to tell the team about these, you know, trend changes that you're, you're following. Um, we've talked a lot about cross training and well this is, you know, cross training in the information section. So make sure everybody's aware of what's going on in the hotel
1: world.
0: Yeah, I counted 12 no, now more than ever's in this episode. I may have missed one or two. But we've had <laughs> a lot.
1: when I count how many times you say now more than ever.
2: The
0: now more
1: than ever <laughs> drinking game just got
2: everybody hammered. Yeah, okay.
0: <laughs> uh, we we bring we bring lots of value. That that is just one of the many uh, there, there's another there's another bonus one i wanted to add at the end and that is set aside time you know it's kind of follows on from the partnerships one but set aside time to communicate with your team members you know whether you're a, a small team or, or a large management company make sure you're communicating effectively with other departments and other parts of the operation because i, I think knowledge you know not Melissa says this all the time to me when we're talking about our running, and, and stuff like that, but knowledge is power, and the only way we're going to navigate the uncertainty that's in front of us is through knowledge. And the best way to gain knowledge is to educate yourself, and then to, to communicate with others that are going through the same thing and trying to accomplish the same goals as you. So maybe maybe it's scheduling a, a weekly or a biweekly cross-functional meeting where you can kind of share your goals and what you're what you're getting up to over the next couple of weeks. But that that would be another one to add to the end. So. That's a, That's a list guys. We knocked through 21 tactical t- tips for 2021. Hopefully you guys can take a couple of those and implement them and help improve your hotel marketing. I know these are things that we've been talking to our clients about a lot over the last few weeks and we'll continue to over the upcoming months as this vaccine rolls out and we hopefully see recovery for the industry. So good job, everyone. Thanks for putting the notes to, to get together for today. It was a team effort so you, you want to hear the uh, the raccoon news update?
3: Absolutely.
0: So I told you a couple of weeks ago, which is what created the conversation with, with uh, Phil talking about the the raccoon throwing a tuna can at his head. So I, I've had a raccoon running around our backyard a little bit over the last few weeks, and, and uh, we, we just kind of let it be. Um, they, they just cleaned out the... The lot next to our house, so we, we assume it got dislodged and it's looking for a new place. And it's it's not messing with the house, so we're just kind of watching it. It's almost like a pet. Um, but I didn't really think a lot of it. But then last week sometime, my son had left the lid of our trash can open a little bit. And... uh How- he just hadn't stuffed the, the trash bags down. So it was open a little bit. So apparently that gave given this, this raccoon the idea that, oh, there's food in there. So I came out the next day and I saw there was um, a gingerbread house that, that the kids had made had been taken out of the trash can and put put on the floor and been eaten. So I'm like, all right, guys, we've got to make sure we close the lids on the trash cans. Um, and and I, I figured that was the end of it. And then two days later, I go out to throw the trash out and, and it had gotten dark and uh, my wife jokingly said, "Watch out for the raccoons." And I was wasn't really thinking about anything about it. So I went, and I I just made a noise right by the trash can. Maybe just bumped the top a little bit, and all of a sudden the lid of the trash can pops up. There's a raccoon <gasps> staring what? right at me that had been in the closed trash can, jumps right at my head, misses me by like six inches, and then scurries oh, off. Did a hug? Yeah, <laughs> yeah. It was very much like a like elf. But I screamed like a little girl. It was really embarrassing. So,
2: oh my goodness! Yeah, I can't stand raccoons. Well, if no. you heard my spiel, you know I can't stand raccoons, and I'm glad you're on my team now. Yeah,
0: I'm Hi. on team no raccoons now for sure.
3: I love raccoons. I saved a family of baby raccoons from a dumpster many, What's many wrong years ago.
1: with you? I, don't, I I see that as being the butterfly effect that made a raccoon jump at Stuart's face. Yeah, maybe <laughs>
0: maybe one of those raccoons went on to have a kid that ended up jumping at my face. And nice and. Here
2: crawled around my attic and then threw a tuna can at me yeah way to go melissa
3: (laughs) (laughs) they were babies they were stuck in the dumpster and the mama raccoon was standing over the dumpster on the mountain looking down at them we put the big plank of wood in the dumpster so the babies could crawl out but they couldn't figure it out so mama raccoon comes down shows them Hey, this is what you got to do, guys. And then they follow her out of the dumpster and into the woods. It was awesome.
0: That is pretty cool until they jump at your face from a trash can that you're not expecting. I, I tell you what, that'll startle you for sure. <laughs> I'm, gl- I'm glad no one recorded it because it, it was the girliest scream I think I've ever made in my life. <laughs> <laughs> All right guys. Well, thank you for tuning in today. If you want the notes to today's show, fueltravel.com slash podcast, click on episode one seventy-four. Wow, we're at 175 next episode. That is bananas.
1: We're getting close to two hundred.
0: I know. We're we're coming we'll up to do something special. To an anniversary too. I think we started in in an on April um, a few years ago. So we're coming up to our anniversary as well. So Thank you, everyone, for listening. We really appreciate it. And if you want to send feedback on this episode, if you've got t- tips you want to share that you're, you're implementing this year that we can share with our audience, please send us an email, info at fueltravel.com. Or you can send us uh, a message on Twitter, at Fuel Travel. We have not been banned, unlike some other people from Twitter. Um, and if they want to learn more about you guys and uh, have a conversation, where can they do that, Melissa?
3: I am on Twitter at MA Kavanaugh, M A K A V A N H E H, or on LinkedIn at Melissa Kavanaugh.
1: And Pete. LinkedIn at Pete DeMayo, or on Twitter still at P DeMayo, P D I M A I O. And
2: Phil. You can find me on Twitter at P FORISKA, P F O R I S K A, or LinkedIn.
0: Uh, You can find me at Stuart Butler. You can get the notes again at fueltravel.com slash podcast. Click on 174. Or you can email us with any questions, info at travel.com And don't forget to leave a review on Apple Podcasts. That would really make our day. And then I will show it to the raccoon next time. And then maybe he won't jump at my head. I'm pretty sure that's why he jumped because we didn't get any reviews in the last month. But just saying. (laughs) Uh, And until next time, you have been listening to the Fuel Hotel Marketing Podcast.
1: Oliver needs to do a better job jumping on trampolines. No, it's Finn. Oh, Finn. I'm sorry. Finn needs to do a better job. (laughs)